0: Hello, everyone. Josh Brown here. I know you're used to hearing that exciting music at the beginning of my podcast. Well, today I want to do something a little different because I've got an exciting announcement regarding an upcoming webinar that I'm going to be participating in with Indiana Business Advisors franchise consultant named Jim Gleason. He and I are going to be discussing the legal aspects of franchising what you really need to know and I know a lot of you reach out to me with regard to the legal aspects of franchising so this might be a great opportunity for you to tune in to a webinar it will be on April 11th from 12 to 1 p.m Eastern Standard Time that's April 11th 12 to 1 p.m Eastern Standard Time if you're interested in this webinar or attending this webinar just shoot me a quick email josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. that's Josh at Indy, I-N-D-Y, FranchiseLaw.com. Thanks so much and enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, all right. Well, today's episode of Franchise Euphoria is really exciting. I've got Scott Nichols from Floyd's 99 Barbershop. Floyd's 99 Barbershop was established in 1999 by brothers Paul, Rob, and Bill O'Brien on the principle that a good haircut should not come at a high cost. Driven by its client-first approach, and authentic vibe that offers an alternative twist on an old-school classic, Floyd's 99 has thrived over the past two decades as it's carved out its niche in the $64 billion hair grooming industry. Scott Nichols recently joined this team as Director of Franchise Sales to help bring the brand to new heights. Hope you enjoy this interview with Scott. He's a great guy, and uh, Floyd's 99 are doing some really exciting things. So without further ado, here's Scott. Hello, Scott. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. I'm excited to learn more about Floyd's 99 Barbershop franchise. Truth be told, I don't know much about it, so I'm excited to have you as uh, director of their franchise sales on to tell us about it. Before we dive in, though, to, to Floyd's 99, give us a little bit of background on you and maybe your, your history in working in or with franchise businesses.
1: Sure. I have been in the franchise world for well over 25 years now. I've worked for both small emerging concepts Semi-established, like uh, Floyd's, and and also have worked for our everyday names, Dunkin' Donuts, Holiday Inn, Sheraton. You know, was it there at the beginning with Jimmy John's uh, when they started first started franchising, and then most recently, uh, before I came on board with Floyd's, I was with a uh, boutique fitness concept uh, called Spenga, uh, which was a uh, similar in in concept to uh, Orange Theory, but with a little bit more upscale and more comprehensive training regimen uh, that they offered. So. Uh, You name it, I've done hotels, I've done quick service, I've done fast food, I've done retail with Sears when when they were franchising, and now uh, on board with uh, service concept Floyd's and helping them get their uh, franchise program off the ground.
0: So you're a franchise junkie. Is that fair to say?
1: That's very fair to say.
0: (laughs) Tell me what attracted you to the Floyd's 99 barbershop concept.
1: It was actually kind of a fluke. Oh, I guess last year, uh, I was actually going to a Cubs game. And I hadn't been to Wrigley Field in some time, so wanted to go see all the changes that they'd made around Wrigley and in the neighborhood. And then when I was walking down the street, I saw a Floyd's and I said, what the heck is this? Walked in, uh, looked around, saw the activity, the energy. And I said, wow, I wonder if these guys franchise. And I was in between jobs at the time. And recruiter that I had been working with called me a couple of weeks later, and she said, I'm working on a, uh, a listing right now that I think you'd be really interested in. And she told me about it, and I said, oh my gosh, Floyd's, get me that job. And you know, a couple of months later, boom, here I am, starting with Floyd's. It's so unique. They're so different in their category. And I don't mean different in that they, they cut hair differently, they, just the level of service that they provide you know, in the mid-tier category, the mid-tier space is unparalleled. And the look and the feel and the vibe of Floyd's is like no other in our industry. So
0: we'll talk about that a little bit. I mean, you know, I love to share with the audience, the description and the feel of the business. And that's so important to getting people to understand what the franchise business does and, and gives them a reason to get excited about it. So, you know, take a couple minutes, if you would, and just kind of tell me about, the feel. I mean, I've never been in one, so this is going to be helpful for me, for me as well.
1: Well, as you walk in, you look at the exterior and then we walk in, it does have an old time barbershop feel, but with today's service edge and look, uh, we cover the interior of our shops, the walls with rock and roll posters. And we don't paint those on. We actually go out and buy these things. And put them up one by one on the walls of the uh, of the space that we're in. We have old style barber chairs. We have toolbox kits that where the uh, stylists and barbers keep their equipment. And we have our own radio station, Floyd's 99, where we're pound, pumping in you know our mix of rock and roll music throughout the day uh, at a higher volume than probably some people are comfortable with, not myself, but uh, we also have TVs. And our stylists are very eclectic. We don't require any uniforms for them. Uh, they can come in dressed as they want. They can be attired however they want. So we have a lot of people with tattoos, uh, with piercings, etc. And it really works. And what's remarkable about it is the diversity of the customers. I mean, you literally can walk in during the middle of the day and you'll see somebody who you'd see in an old time barbershop, an older guy getting his hair cut. You'll see a guy who's bald with a beard, uh, getting his beard trimmed, getting a shave. Uh, you'll see women in there getting colored. It's just really a unique experience from the personnel to the look and the feel uh, you know what I what I always tell people is if you were to look at a great clips a sport clips any of the competitors in our mid-tier pricing category and you took the sign off their building and then you walked in you wouldn't be able to tell where you were whereas when you walk into a Floyd's you know exactly where you are
0: so who started this concept
1: it was three brothers uh, that started it they came up with the idea in 1999 Aribele Floyd's 99 and uh, we opened our first shop in Denver in 2001. And we've since grown to 117 shops across the nation. We're different than other franchisors in that we have, we've never systematically gone after franchising. It was more of a word of mouth kind of thing where somebody would see our shop, get their hair cut, say, wow, I love this. I wonder if they franchise. And then they tracked down one of the brothers who helped create it and uh, they'd award them a franchise. So this is the first time that they've actually gone out, hired somebody like, you know, as you say, a franchise junkie and uh, helped them put together a national program to go out and find franchise partners.
0: So what's that been like for you?
1: The reception has been tremendous. Once we got all of our content and strategy in place, we went to market the first of this year and had tremendous reception. We're close to large deals, one in Florida and one in Nevada. And uh, we are going to be going out to the multi-unit franchise show next week uh, to go and get some more whales. Uh, and we're, we're focusing on multi-unit candidates. We don't all of our franchise partners, initially, we want minimally to commit to at least three, preferably five, up front in the target markets that we're looking at across the United States.
0: Yeah, so talk about that a little bit. I mean, you've got you said 117 franchisees at this point?
1: We have 117 shops, of which 85 are company-owned and operated. Only 32 are franchised. So Chicago, LA, and Denver are company markets, for lack of a better word. Uh, but we did give Northern Colorado, the Boulder area, to a franchisee. And we have franchises in San Diego, Dallas, and Austin. We just opened our first company location in Houston, and we're still debating whether we're going to make that a all-company-owned market or split it up between franchise and company. But everything else in the country uh, is available for franchise all the major metro markets.
0: What's well, interesting because I, I was talking to a client of mine earlier today and we were talking about some growth opportunities and so forth and for his particular franchise. And, you know, one of the contemplations was you grow a little bit from a company perspective or a corporate perspective, and then you sell them to become franchises. Is that something that that Floyd's looking to do or are you just opening a whole new market to be franchising, but you're going to keep all of the company locations? I would
1: say there are a few company markets that we will consider flipping to franchises. But in terms of where we're really, where we have a heavy concentration, like Chicago, like LA, uh, like Denver, we fully intend to keep those company operated. Like I said, we just went into Houston. We're still evaluating whether or not, because we opened it right after we started franchising. So it's an evolving strategy for that market. But everything else, Miami, uh, Atlanta, all the major metro markets in North and South Carolina. We still have markets available in the Northeast. We would very much like to get into the Midwest, primarily Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland, Kansas City, St. Louis, uh, Indy.
0: You got to come to Indy. That's where I'm. That's where I'm at.
1: We absolutely so we're right now in the process of updating our FDD, and prior to that, we were only selling uh, in non-registration states. So we we're expanding uh, our reach so that we. We'll be registered in Indiana, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, pretty much all of the registration states. We're going to stay out of California because that's going to be, we're going to stay with that being a company operated market.
0: So why don't we talk about your ideal franchisee? I mean, obviously you're going to be at this multi-unit show, which hopefully I'm going to be at. I'm running into a little bit of a scheduling issue. So there's a chance I won't be there, but I've heard wonderful things about it. Have you, have you been there before?
1: I have been there many, many times. Um, it's the preeminent event in the franchising industry, in my perception.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to attend. I've just got one scheduling snafu. So you're talking to prospective franchisees first and foremost. Like, who is the ideal franchisee that you're looking for? I mean, who's the ideal prospect? What, what's their background? What kind of experience do they bring uh, to the
1: table? We will talk with anybody that has had experience operating multiple franchise units, uh, regardless of the industry. We're not looking for people that have experience in cutting hair or that background. We'll talk to people in the food, in the retail, in the service industry. And a lot of it's going to be, uh, I, I don't know if there's a specific criteria. A lot of it has to do with uh, us. And I, when I say us, myself and the owners Uh, sitting down and meeting with the candidate and just getting a good sense of whether or not they're a cultural fit. We take a lot of pride in hiring employees as well as not only at the shop level, but at the corporate level that just kind of fit with us culturally. And that's part of the reason I came on board. I just immediately bonded with the brothers and got a real good sense of the types of people that they were looking for. We have a very strong work ethic And more importantly, we have an ethic around supporting our employees in our shops. They put their employees first and foremost in supporting them, training them, providing them continuing education, uh, opportunities, promotion through it. And most franchisors, because they haven't owned and operated a lot of their locations, haven't been able to create that ethos. And because we've owned and operated so many of our most of our stores, uh, we're in a position to be able to do that. And more importantly, uh, there's a community involvement. We give back to the community uh, in so many ways. We're affiliated nationally through JDRF, all of our shops. Uh, That's our national affiliation. But each and every one of our individual shops is connected with local charities, either through school programs, local arts programs, you know, whatever the manager determines. That's what they want to be involved in. So we're looking for people that are have that same kind of commitment to those principles and characteristics to be partners with us moving forward.
0: Is this primarily men's haircuts, or is it both sexes? It's men's
1: and women. 92% of our customers are male, 8% are female. But what's interesting is women generate 20% of the revenue. Uh, so there's a lot of upside for us to continue to work on driving women customers time and time again since I've been on board here connecting with people in the industry. And they'll tell me, oh, my gosh, and these are women. I'll say, oh, yeah, I know Floyd's. I just got my just got my haircut. And I got the best color of my life there. I had no idea that they <laughs> did that. So a lot of it's an awareness thing. You know, so in markets like L.A. and Denver, we're really strong with women. They know us. But in some of the other markets, you know, it's very definitely a a male-driven concept.
0: So in terms of on the franchise piece of it, it sounds like it's been relatively recent that the company decided to go the franchise route. What led to that decision?
1: This was actually something that the brothers had been talking about for some time, about two years, and then recently made the decision. Uh, They got back involved more in the business. They had some senior management that had left, and they took a more active role day-to-day with the Running of the company, and they had all agreed that if they're going to continue to grow, they want to do it through franchising as opposed to we'll still develop our own company stores, but not at the pace that we have done historically. In the past, we, you know, it was probably 80 20 company to franchise, whereas moving forward, it's going to be just the opposite. It'll be, well, it's probably going to be more than that, it'll be probably 90%. Franchised and 10% corporate.
0: So many people who will tune in and listen to this are going to be, you know, at the stage where they're developing their business into a franchise. And of course, there's always struggles, as you know. I mean, you've been in the franchise industry long enough to know that. Can you talk a little bit about maybe struggles or? different opportunities uh, for improvement that you see in terms of going from a primarily company owned store to now a franchise system, you know, what have been some of the challenges along the way?
1: I think the biggest challenge that you have is, you know, when we have a company owned and operated store, uh, we're in a place where we can specifically, you know, because there are employees, we can tell the manager, okay, you're going to do this, 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 this. And with a franchise, it has to be more of an advice and consulting role where you have to explain to them, you know, we recommend you do this because these are people that have invested a lot of money in your business and they have kind of a sense of what they think is going to work and not going to work. And so you have to be a salesman in terms of walking them through and saying, you know, we recommend you do this because we would be able to tell them, hey, we've made mistakes along the way. And we found that that approach doesn't work or we found that when we've been successful this is an approach from a marketing and operational standpoint that works so you really have to be collegial and collaborative with your franchisees and that's hard you know that's a that's a hard thing to transition to when you've been you know running your own shops where you can just tell your employees hey this is what we're
0: going to do today well, I really appreciate you coming on, Scott, and taking a few minutes to tell about the concept. It's it's certainly an interesting, interesting concept. And I hope to see it at the multi unit show if I'm able to make it
1: there. Likewise. We're gonna be at booth four twenty six.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing it and I wish you wish you the best of luck. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art if you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria. And then click on the link that says Ratings and Reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.